you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn with me to the book of Hebrews, and we're going to go to all these cameras and things. I've got too many things going on. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Stand with me all over the building for the reading of the Word this morning. We're going to go to verse 7. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Father, for the next few moments here this morning, Lord, I just ask you to use me as a mouthpiece for the Holy Ghost. Lord, let the Holy Ghost, I pray, preach this word today to each and every heart that's here this morning. Lord, give us the spiritual ears to hear your voice in this word. Give us the spiritual eyes to see the path as you lay it out before us. Give us the godly wisdom to walk in that path. And we thank you and praise you for it. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise God. You can be seated, all except for Brother Edward. Amen. And uh, Brother Mark, praise God. Amen. I want you all to come help me out this morning. Praise God. I want to talk with you today. The title of this message is Moved with Fear. Moved with Fear. Brothers, would you all come help me out this morning? Okay. Would you see that here, just take them, hand one of those out, and one of these, one of these out to each one. And would you hand one of these out to each one? And let me have a copy of those each as well. And there should be plenty to go around. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Thank you, sir. Okay, now, one thing I want you to understand very clearly. Ooh, man, exactly enough, I think. Or, well, we should have a couple left. Anyway, okay, one thing I want you to clearly, clearly understand in the Word of God. One thing you will not hear from most churches is that the one thing you need above all things concerning God is fear. Fear. Everybody talks about love Jesus, love, love, love. All we need is love. Do, 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 do. All we need is love. You know, I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to show you today what you need is fear. Let me tell you something today. There are people that are not in this church right now today. Because they have lost their fear of God. But I promise you this. When you lose your fear of God, God's going to help you get it back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Young folks, don't ever listen to all that nonsense out there about you don't have nothing to fear with God. You've got everything to fear with God. You better know above all things... You better fear God. Because the Bible tells us many, many times, it's one of the things God commands that we do. Now, here we're going to look at several things today, and I can't just, and I was just, I was putting together this message, and the other 812 messages that came out of this message, <laughs> I said, Lord, <laughs> how am I going to get to the end of this thing? <laughs> 
listen, I, I can't just go into something and just blast it out there. i got to show you what the Bible says. So you just got to bear with me a little bit, okay? Bear with me, please. Don't, don't, get, don't get in a hurry. Just bear with me. Because there's a lot of things I want you to see in the Word of God you never saw before. And I want you to look and see what the Spirit says unto the churches. I want you to look and see what the Bible says. Amen? So I'm going to go ahead and just get this thing ready to go right now because we're going to be looking at some Bible today. We're going to be looking at it up here as well. I want you to know the Word of God. I don't want you to know what I say. I want you to know what the Word of God says. You need to know that Bible. Praise God. That's your sword. Amen. This is your weapon. Praise God right here. This is it. This is what's going to get you home. Praise God. Now, so our base text is going to be there today, and I've got a lot of scriptures here to cover, so I'm going to try to move along speedily. But listen very carefully and very intently today, because i got a lot to show you, okay? So please pay close attention, and we're going to look at it real close, make sure my little pointer's working. Can you all see that? Hey, Amen. Can you see that? I'm going to y'all see that. Is it blinding? Okay. All right. Now, okay. So here, notice at the first part of the scripture. Let's just break it down. By faith. Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet. Okay? Now, let's just take a look at that little part right there. Noah, everybody know who Noah was? Everybody know, you young folks know who Noah was? He's the one that God came to, and we're going to look at that here in just a minute, said, hey, he found favor with God. And so God looked upon the earth. He saw that it was corrupt. We're going to look at that here in a minute as well. But the Bible says God right here, Noah, by faith, trusting in what he said, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet. Well, let's just go take a look at what it's talking about. What Does anybody know what it's talking about right there? He was warned of a great rain and flood that was coming on the earth. But at that point, it had never rained on the earth. There had never been rain on the earth. So he was warned of things not seen as yet. By faith, Noah being warned of God, of things not seen as yet. Okay, so let's go see what it's talking about. So let's go over to Genesis Hold your place here because we're going to be coming back. But I want you to go over there to Genesis with me. Genesis chapter 2. Well, how in the world, Pastor, was the earth watered? How was it? How did it receive water? I mean, everything has to have water to live, don't it? Isn't that what it has to have? Well, let's just go over there to Genesis chapter, chapter 2 and look at verse 5. Every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. See, there was no rain upon the earth. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. You with me? Y'all see that? So it had never rained on the earth as of yet. Everything was watered from a mist that came up from the ground. It was an earthly dew that came up. It was a mist that came up from the ground. No work with no rain. How about that? No rainy days. Man, how good is that? Okay, now, so Noah, 
being warned of God of things not seen as yet. That's what that scripture is talking about. So right there next to Hebrews 11:7, Hebrews 11:7, right in the margin, Genesis 2, 5 and 6, right next to the part about of things not seen as yet. Because I guarantee you it ain't in the margin there. Okay. Now this next part right there where it says, moved with fear. Notice how it's worded here. It says, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Okay, so you have to understand the proper context of what it's talking about there. It says, faith, but being, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet. And really to understand how it's worded right there, it says, being moved with fear is what would have really helped you to understand it there. Being moved with fear. Fear moved him. I want to tell you something today. Fear will move you. Fear will move you. I could come over here and say, you ever talk to somebody that's just monotone? They never get excited about anything? I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to know how you're supposed to feel around them because you don't never know. They nothing excites them. They don't, they just don't have this monotone, you know. Well, I'll be doggone. Look at there. I'll be doggone. Did you know you's on fire? Yeah. Man, that smoke burning my eye to you. Probably ought to, probably ought to put that out, reckon. See, you're not going to get too excited about that till you look down and you realize that you're on fire. And all of a sudden, what's going to sink in? Fear. And fear will move you. You will start moving toward putting the fire out. Amen? Listen, <laughs> you can talk all you want to about I believe, I believe. Belief will move you as well. Fear will move you. Fear will save your life. Now, I've heard people say before, fear can kill a man. We was in another building one time, and a guy that owned the building, and I preached fear. People don't want to hear about no fear. They don't want to hear about fearing God. What they want to hear about is the love of Jesus, and they just want to hear about feeling all good and fluffy and fuzzy, and, oh, well, can't we all just get along? And just, oh, well, oh, God's so beautiful. It's just a beautiful thing. See? Happy church. You ain't going to be too happy when you're standing before a God you ain't got no fear of, buddy. I'm going to tell you something. Love will bring you. Fear will keep you. Parents, when you lose, when your children lose the fear of you, you have lost them. When they no longer fear you, you've lost control. You've lost control. The Bible says, train up a child in the way they shall go. When they're old, they shall not depart from it. The Bible says, spare not to rod. See? Rod of correction. Let me tell you something, buddy. I don't care what this world says. God said, whip your children. When they need a whipping, there's time to whip your children. You don't beat your children. You don't hurt them. But you get their attention and you get their respect. And children don't do things to get whippings for. That's not fun. Trust me, because I know lots about whippings. I had lots of them. Lots of them. And as long as my mother was living, whoo, I, I had lots of whippings. Whoo, man. But listen, you ain't going to improve on what God's plan was. 
And God said, spare the rod and spoil the child. The Bible says this. A man that chases not his son, hateth his son. Hateth his son. Amen. If you don't teach them, how in the world are they going to know? The world sure ain't going to teach them right. Amen. Praise God. But I can tell you right now, these two young ladies sitting right here are going to be Holy Ghost-filled women of God. Amen. And I'm going to tell you, they're going to make a great wife someday to a good man that's going to take care of them. Praise God. They're going to grow up in the admonition of God. Amen. The King, hallelujah, the favor of God's going to be on their lives. Amen. And they're going to shine. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost all over me saying that. They're going to shine for Jesus. Amen. The Lord loves these young people, praise God, and He can show them how much better it is to live for Him than this world. This world looks real fun, and it looks all kind of beautiful and splendor and all that. But all that stuff's temporary. All that stuff's going to go away one day. But what relationship you have with God, that's what's going to last forever. Okay, I'll try to move quickly. But anyway, it says, okay, being warned of God of things not seen as of yet, Moved with fear, or being moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his household. It was the fear of what God said was coming. He trusted him when God said, hey, you ain't never seen it before, but I'm bringing a rain on this earth. I'm bringing a flood on this earth. Here he is in the middle of the desert. Ain't never seen nothing like that. Never happened before. But he told him, hey, you need to get busy. You need to build a boat. Now, here's everybody else around. I could just see that. Kind of like people around here as I'm sitting here in the midst of Tomball, Texas, with a little, what people would call a podunk church, a little country church right here in the middle, in a storefront, and I'm preaching the message I preach, and, it, and people come and go like it's, you know, like uh, just, just come and go, you know. And, uh, and people out there would think, well, <laughs> Are you crazy? Have you lost your mind? I mean, what you gonna do with that little old church, man? Oh, I guess you gonna try to save some souls with that message you got. But you see, you ain't got nobody to preach to. You just got a few little people here and there, and uh, and you can't. Man, they all gonna run and come and go and all that. You ain't gonna, man. What are you gonna do with all that? Now you can get with what we're preaching over here. See, we're doing a work for God because look at all the people we got, and we get more and more and more every week. Well, I'm sure you do, honey. <laughs> I'm sure you do, buddy. You got all the people you want, and you can, and you can sure enough have that. You know what? I can get more kids than you can. All I give them to eat is donuts and cake. You see how many kids come flocking to my party, and you go over and try to feed them some kind of cabbage and some kind of broccoli and asparagus and all that other stinking nasty stuff, and you see how fast they come to my place. They'll be knocking the doors off the hinges coming into my, out of my house, but in your house, you're going to say, man, it'll sound like a ghost town where you live. You better know why. Because kids love candy and sweets and cake and pie and all that. Isn't that right? Isn't that right? Yeah, I'm right. I know I'm right. <laughs> but you know what? That stuff will rot your teeth out. That stuff will make you blow up. That stuff will, and it won't, it won't help you grow up. Amen. See? It won't cause you to be healthy. The Word of God has to be it's the same way. The Word of God needs to be full strength. You can't have that watered-down version that this world's looking for. 
Now, so he said that he was, he moved with fear and prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Alright, so let's, let's look at some other things here neither, uh, also. Alright, now, now, good examples of God. Notice what it said here too. By the which he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness. Notice here that what it said, listen, he by his example, showed the right thing to do. He was a righteous man, which means he was what? He was doing right. According to who? According to God. That's right. God's righteousness. God said do it. He trusted God. He did what was right. And by doing that, he condemned the world. He did what was right. Let me tell you what what righteousness will do. Righteousness will either convert you to righteousness or condemn you to unrighteousness. It will condemn you to death. It will draw you to the light or it will condemn you. Because what it does, when your righteousness shines forth, it brings forth the darkness that they're in. Righteousness exposes the darkness. See? That's why people that live in this world, they don't want to get around this kind of thing right here. You know why? Because when they hear me preach for five minutes, they're going to know all the garbage they're doing is filthy wrong. They're going to know in just a very short time when they walk in this church that their lifestyle is taking them to hell. They don't want to hear that. See? But as long as they stay away from the light, as long as Mr. Smith and Mrs. Jones is over in the corner of the nightclub and the lights is off, they can't nobody see them playing footsie under the table. You see what I mean? But when the lights come on, oh my God, is that, is that Mr. Smith and Mrs. Jones over there in the corner? Why, yes it is. My, my. They're in trouble. What? <laughs> yeah. See, the light exposes that darkness. So by His righteousness and by faith, He condemned. By his faith, building this ark, he condemned the world. And he showed them. And I'm sure they were asking, saying, well, it's over a hundred years he worked on this boat. It took him over a hundred years to build this boat. That's a big boat, man. They didn't have all the power tools. He couldn't run to the Home Depot and get him a power drill and all that kind of stuff. He did it all by hand. And by the way, let me tell you, there were specific instructions of how to build this ark. Because there was a flood coming. Can you hear the sermon on the way? There was a flood coming. He was building an ark. He moved with fear and built an ark to the saving of his household. It's exactly what you're doing. Exactly what you're doing. See, you're moving with fear. Amen. And you're building an ark. Whew, I feel the Holy Ghost. To the saving of your household, praise God. You got out of this, oh, everybody's going to be all right and everything's going to be okay. No, it ain't going to be all right. No, it ain't going to be okay. Until you build the ark to the saving of your household, because I'm telling you, it's coming. There's some coming, buddy. You better get to building this ark, because, man, if you don't, you will be just like the ones of Noah's day that stood idly by while everybody else said, well, man, he's crazy. I'm sure there was probably some, some that weren't naysayers. There were probably some over there going, hey, man, hey, Bill, you reckon Noah's really crazy? Or, man, you reckon that 
wonder if that God he's talking about, man, really, wonder if there really is a something coming, like a, what's called a, what did he say it was, a, a, a flood? He's talking about some kind of rain or some kind of water falling from the sky or something. And, man, I mean, you, you reckon he's maybe some truth to that? Or you think he's crazy like everybody else? I mean, there's probably some people around there, but you know what? Then the naysayers say, oh, man, what are you talking about? You know that old man's out of his mind. He's crazy, man. He's been out in the sun too long. Well, he's lost his mind. He's nuts. He's crazy. You know, you know, have you ever seen water fall from the sky? No. Well, there's your answer right there. See? You know, water falls from the sky. And so, just like this world saying today, I guarantee you this morning, somebody was wanting to go to a Pentecostal church because the Lord was stirring them up. Maybe the last few weeks or months or maybe last couple of years, they've been hearing little bits and pieces about this fear of God. They've been hearing little bits and pieces about how the dead are being raised and about how the Holy Ghost is lighting people up. And, and man, they're seeing a difference in people and they're wondering, man, is, wonder first, reckon there's any truth to that Pentecostal thing? I mean, reckon there is. And, but yet there's always going to be them other churches that say, oh no, man, what are you talking about? They're crazy. Huh? They're nuts. They're nuts, man. I mean, man, they can't, you can't be, that stuff ain't real. I mean, look at, they, look, you talking about that little church in Tomball? Oh, man, what are you crazy? That guy's nuts. He's, all he talks about is fear. Oh, he's, he's a, he's a hate preacher. He's a hate preacher. Oh, yeah, he'll talk about a, he'll talk about a homosexual in a minute. You can't even be a homosexual and go to his church, let alone preach in it. He won't let you preach in it either if you're homosexual. Oh my, he's a terrible fella. Terrible man. And we, of course we know Jesus loves everybody. He went and died on the cross for everybody. He loves everybody. Everybody's going. We're all going to church just different ways. Of course that man Tomball ain't going. He can't go because he's a hater. That Pentecostal thing is crazy. Look how many people he's got. He ain't got a few cars in the parking lot. I mean people gotta come all the way from Beaumont because nobody else will come. Yeah, yeah. He trapped him going through Beaumont. Yeah, he got some caught a few people in the swamp of Louisiana and brought them. <laughs> he got them all trapped over. <laughs> yeah. See, same same thing happened in his day. Noah. Noah preached. They didn't want to hear it. That's right. Now, so good examples will either convert you or condemn you. Amen. Sinners. Now, so let's go over, let's go over and look at Genesis chapter 6. Let's go take a look at the story. Let's go look at the story. Genesis chapter 6. All right. The Bible says, let's just start in verse 1. Is everybody there? Then the Lord said unto Moses, Now shalt thou see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand shall he let them go, and with a strong hand shall he drive them out of his land. And God spake unto Moses and said unto him, 
I am the Lord. What am I doing? Yeah. Genesis. Okay. I was going to say, that didn't sound right. I was looking for where I was at. Hold on. Let me let me catch the bus. I'll be back over in a minute. Okay. Now, I was going to say, how in the world did Moses get into Noah's Ark? It's <laughs> a story I'm not familiar with. Wow. There's something else I'm learning today. Moses was riding with Noah. <laughs> Man alive, he had a boat too. There must have been a bass tournament. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm back. How y'all doing? Good to see y'all this morning. Amen. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters, now listen carefully, daughters were born unto them. That the, Now, daughters were born unto the men of earth. Okay. That the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. Okay. Now, my wife, be silent, because you've been around too long. Who's it talking about there? Read that again, sister. Uh, Erica, whichever, yeah, I think. Notice what it said above that now. It said up there in one, it said, and it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and the daughters were born unto them, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. Okay? Who's it talking about there? That's right. You've heard me preach that before because I know you didn't learn that in no Trinity Church. The sons of God were angels. It says, when the sons of God saw the daughters of men, they were fair. Now, notice, in that day, men didn't just take wives of anybody. They were given. And... They were arranged marriages, but they took of any they chose. See, notice the angels took who they wanted. Okay, now, so let me give you some background on that. And I'll tell you what, there's a, there's a, some, and you're, in a lot of these Bible commentaries and things, they tell it a different way, but they're wrong. This is right, right here. Now let me, let's go over there to, to, I'm gonna give you some background on that. Go to Job 2 and 1. Job 2 and 1. Keep your place right there because we're coming back to Genesis 6. But Job 2 and 1 says, Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. See that? The sons of God were those that were cast out with Satan. Satan and a third of the angels went with him. So the sons of God here that went before the Lord, and Satan was among them. See that? Okay, so put in the margin there. Put in the margin right there beside where you're at over in Job. Put in that margin over there uh, 
put it over there about exit, I mean, uh, 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 Genesis 6 and uh, 2. So here it's talking about the sons of God, and that's the angels that were cast out with Satan. Okay, now, so we're going back to Genesis 6, okay? Genesis 6, and it says, verse 2 says, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. Listen to what it says. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Okay, now, now understand here, what it's talking about it says, sail direct with or straight course. Which means we'll not strive with man, we'll not always strive. No, the Lord said, my spirit will not always strive with man. It will not always walk this course with man. He said, because they're also flesh. And he said, yet his days shall be in hundred and twenty years. Notice at this time, there was a declaration that the days of man would be 120 years. Now, that changed, that changed also, uh, a little later it changed. It changed to how many years? No. Well, 70 to 80. Okay, and that's over in, I want y'all to mark right in that margin right there where, where we were just reading, six and three, whatever it said, uh, mark in that margin right there, uh, 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 Psalms 90 and 10. Psalms 90 and 10. And I want y'all to go over to Psalms 90 and 10. Brother Edward, would you read Psalms 90 and 10? Now listen carefully. Listen carefully to what it says in Psalms 90 and 10. Okay, now how many is the score? Anybody know? 20 years. 20 years. The score is 20 years. He said if the days of our score, our years are, are, are three score, which is how much? Sixty and ten. A score is twenty years. The days of our uh, of our years are three score and ten years. Okay. Now listen to what it says. The rest of it. Listen. If by reason of strength, by reason of strength they, be four they be four score years, which is how much? Eighty. See. If they, if by way of strength they be four score years. Listen. Yet is their strength labor and sorrow. So what's it saying right there? It's saying, hey, you got seventy good years alive. An average life for a man or a woman. Seventy years of life. But if by way of strength, in other words, if you're strong enough to live to be 80, it's going to be with lots of problems. It's going to be with sorrow and pain. See? So when you get past 70, honey, the pain starts setting in. <laughs> and, uh, and the wearisome. And you get start getting weary and you start getting weak and you start getting sick and pains come on you and things. So you see, you understand what it's saying right there? So you mark those, cross-reference those back and forth uh, from uh, that one to uh, 6 and 3, I think, is what it was over in uh, uh, in Genesis. Okay, so now let's go back to Genesis again. We're just, we're just touching some things that I want you all to see as we go along here. Now, look at verse 4. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that. Now notice here where they put punctuation and they put some things in here that are really, they added some things in here that are really not there. But the way that it should properly be read is 
that it says there were giants in the earth in those days and also after that. Now, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men and they bare children to them, the same mighty men which were of old, men of renown. So notice what the Bible's saying there is that the sons of God mingled with the, with the daughters of men. There were giants in the land. Because angels are giants. Angels are big. And so when angels mingled with the women of men, the daughters of men, then they were giants in the land. You know, how, how many of you ever heard about David and Goliath? Okay, those giants came forth from the sons of men. That's where the sons of, those were Anakims. They were from Anak which was a giant. He had five sons, and those were the Anakims, and they were, uh, they were giants. Uh, 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 Goliath and his brothers. They were giants. And here it tells you where that, that lineage of giants came from. And it says, and a lot of people, uh, uh, it, they don't understand how to rightly divide this stuff. And the Lord revealed this stuff to me, but they don't rightly divide it. All the commentaries on it try to tell you that it's not talking about giant in stature, but it's talking about giants as uh, uh, they just they were they were just uh, mighty powerful men, and they were great great men. And it doesn't mean giant. No, man, no, because when it starts talking about the giants, the same exact words that she used over talking about the giants, talking about man that they were so big. <laughs> That uh, Goliath's, uh, uh, Goliath's uh, uh, spear was like a weaver's beam. <laughs> Man, <laughs> no, it, it's it's talking about giants, and the Bible tells us here where they came from. They came from the women of men, the daughters of men, and the sons of God mingled with them, and they brought forth children, and they became giants. And so, and then the Bible tells us here. That they were, that they were, it said, um, also, and also after that. Because see, here's what it's saying in this scripture right here. And the Lord said, my, well, going down to verse 4, there were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that. But see, they, they put it together when, the way that they worded it here, and also after that, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, they bare children to them, the same became mighty men and were men of old, men of renown. But what it's telling you there in there is that there was giants here and also after that. It's telling you there were giants on the other side of the flood as well. Amen. Now, so, okay, so let's go further. And it repented the Lord that he made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. Now, let me go to verse 5. And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he made man on the earth, and it grieved him in his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowl of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now, this word where it says Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, it means favor. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. 
Okay, now, he was found perfect in his generation, and Noah walked with God. Noah begat three sons going down forth, and verse 11 says, The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. Amen. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is before me, is come up before me. The earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. And then he goes to telling him. Now see, he tells him right there, I'm fixing to destroy everything I've made. And he begins to tell him, Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. And he began to tell man all the details. The length of its ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits, the height of it 30 cubits. A window shalt thou make in the ark, and, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above, and the door of the ark shall set in the side thereof with lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. Behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life. From under heaven, and everything is in the earth shall die, that is in the earth shall die. But with thee will I establish my covenant. Now shalt come in to the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. Amen. And so he began to tell him in great detail of how to build the ark, and that it was it was coming. Now Notice the detail that he goes in there and, and, and how that he, he tells Noah he's going to destroy everything. So the Bible says over there that Noah being warned of God, things not seen yet, moved with fear, being moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his household. It's exactly what each of us are doing. We are preparing the ark to the saving of our household. Amen. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Now, he said, I will destroy everything which I have made. And now we're going to, now we're getting back to the fear. All right. Now, in all these, in all these papers that I gave you this morning, I want you to get the one that starts with 1 Samuel 11 and 7. Now I want to tell you, church, When you lose your fear of God, you start doing things outside of what God tells you to do. You start moving on your own recognizance. You start moving on your own whims and your own instruction begins to lead and guide you. You begin to fall out. You begin to not go to church. You begin to do things instead of moving with one voice as we do in this church, instead of moving with one, uh, with one body, uh, as we do in this church, you begin to move singularly outside of what the body's doing, outside of what the Lord tells us to do. But notice here how that fear keeps you. He said, First Samuel, and he took a yoke of oxen and hewed them in pieces and set them throughout all the coast of Israel by the hands of a messenger, saying, Whosoever cometh not forth after Saul and after Samuel, so shall it be done unto his oxen. And the fear of the Lord fell 
on all the people. And they came out with one consent. In other words, everybody lined up and said, okay, man, we're with you. <laughs> yeah, no problem. We can handle that. Amen. It's just like, uh, it's just like somebody having a near-death experience. And you hear people start saying, oh, you know what, man? Uh, you know what? I, I realized that, man, uh, uh, I might have been doing wrong. I better, I better straighten up. And they start changing their life. Amen. Listen, no doubt when you got walking on your own, things was going good. How many of you ever been there? Things was, man, coming up roses everywhere. Man, all of a sudden, you's a rose gardener. I mean, man, you, everything was coming up good in pockets full of money. Man, had a nice bank account. Man, everything going good. And you decided, you know what, man, I think I just uh, take my knees. Uh, I think I just eat, drink, and be merry. And, and you start kind of uh, you just kind of laxing out, missing church and things like that. And the next thing you know, little things start going away. Little things start going away. Little things start going away. Next thing you know, everything around you collapses. Then you start getting that, uh-oh, uh, maybe this ain't such a good idea. Maybe, uh, maybe I, maybe I might ought to look into making some changes. And then, lo and behold, somebody that you used to know was living a different life. All of a sudden, their life looks like it's coming back together. And but yet they're going to some whacked out crazy Pentecostal church with some nut preaching, and you know I don't know man I don't know man I don't know what I think about all this stuff it's a little too strict for me, but if that's what they like well it's okay I won't say nothing to them about it but you know if that's what they want to be it's crazy well it's okay I still love them because they're family. I just won't take my eyes off of them because they're crazy. But then you start hearing that call. And you start hearing that voice of the Lord. And you start hearing that call coming from those people saying, You know what? Turn ye. The Lord said, Turn ye. Why will you die? Why will you die? He said, I take no delight. In the sinner that dieth. He said, why will ye die? Turn ye, turn ye. Look what it says here. And they smote, the next one, smote all the cities round about Gerar. For the fear of the Lord came upon them, and they spoiled all the cities, and there was exceeding much spoil. Go down to the next. And the fear of the Lord fell upon all the kingdoms of the lands that were round about Judah, so that they made no war against Jehoshaphat. Wherefore, now let the fear of the Lord be upon you. Take heed to it. For there is no iniquity with the Lord our God, no respect of persons, nor taking of gifts. Amen. And he charged him, saying, Thus shall ye do in the fear of the Lord. See, go down to the next one. And the man said, uh, the man, he said, Behold, he, and unto the man he said, Behold, fear the Lord. That is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. Amen. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever the judgments of the Lord, and true and righteous altogether. Psalms 34:11. Come, ye children, hearken unto me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Praise God. This is what I'm to be teaching. I'm not here to teach you happy time. 
I'm not here to teach you smoochy, smoochy, hug, hug, pet, pet. God can do all that to you. Amen. You follow what I'm teaching, you'll get all the smooching you can handle, man. You follow what I'm teaching, you'll get all the petting, you won't be able to stand it. Praise God. I mean, man, God will just pet on you and give you all the delights of your heart, the desires of your heart. But, man, you're going to get it through this right here. This is how you please God. Now, let's look and see what it says next. Proverbs, oh, let's look at Psalms 111.10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do His commandments. His praise endureth forever. Look at Proverbs 1. Smartest man ever lived. Smartest man that ever lived on this earth was Solomon. And he wrote, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. You know that world out there hates me. The churches out there hate me, and they hate everybody like me. Because I expose the darkness of the filth they're preaching. I don't care how rich they are. What I'm preaching exposes the filth that they're teaching. Listen to what it says next. For they that hated knowledge did not choose the fear of the Lord. Next. Then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Listen to what the next one says. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the froward mouth do I hate. Amen. Look at Proverbs 9.10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Proverbs 10.27. The fear of the Lord prolongeth days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. Proverbs 14.26. The fear of the Lord is strong confidence. Oh, in the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. And His children shall have a place of refuge. The fear of the Lord is a foundation of life to depart from the snares of death. Better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. Man, you need to mark that. Amen. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged, and by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. The fear of the Lord tendeth to life, and he that hath it shall abide satisfied. He shall not be visited with evil. You see that? You know what it's saying? It's saying, man, if you get this part down, the rest of it's a given. You get this part down, if you fear God, if every time you think about missing church, a fear comes on you that you're about to get stomped on by Jesus, or when you think about doing something against God, if that fear comes upon you, just like you're about to step in a pit of rattlesnakes, buddy, if you could only see in the spirit realm, some of the things that you do are more deadly than jumping off in a pit full of vipers. But you see, you can see vipers and you understand the deadliness of that. You understand that. But if you could just get a glimpse of hell for one second, one millisecond, buddy, and you could see clearly the things that will put you there, you would run from that stuff quicker than you'd run from a snake. How many of you are scared of snakes? Oh, now, are you scared of snakes? So what you're saying is you wouldn't want to sleep with one or have one in your bedroom or nothing. You wouldn't want a pet rattlesnake on your dresser to kind of sit there and, well, you're just getting ready every morning, sit there and kind of curl up and look all cute and everything. You could call him Fang. <laughs> or Norsey Butt, whatever you wanted to call him. 
noisy tail. <laughs> yeah, I ain't too fond of them either. And I'll tell you what, a snake will make me move pretty fast. Amen? You'd be walking along, oh, this man, you see a little snake, it'll make you move. You know what does that? You know what makes you move that quick around a snake? That's right. It's the fear of him that makes you move, isn't it? Because you don't want that joker to bite you. Why? Because you know they're deadly. And you know if he bites you, man, it could kill you. Isn't that right? See, it's the fear that makes you move. It's the fear that makes you run from that snake. It's the fear that it can kill you. It's the fear of what it can do to you. You see where I'm going with this? So is it with the sin of this world. But it's a much longer lasting effect. It can kill you forever and separate you from God for eternity. And so that's why you must have a fear. Now, and that's how I've said before, fear can save your life. I had another guy argue with me one time and tell me straight out, right in the middle of church, ah, you know, fear can, uh, 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 fear can kill a fella. Old timer, you know. I said, yeah. Yeah, it can. I said, but fear can save a fellow's life. Fear of a snake keep him playing with snake. Fear of going out and playing in the street to keep him getting run over. Amen. Fear of uh, uh, dying from poison to keep him from drinking poison. Amen. Fear of all kinds of things to keep him straight with his home life. You lose fear of that kind of stuff, you open yourself up to it. Now, by humility and fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. By humility and the fear of the Lord. That's how those things come. Let not thine heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. Sound to me like we're supposed to fear God. I mean, I don't know where I get that, but... Okay. So next, let's grab the one that starts with Psalms 22:25. Let's look and see some of the things about fearing the Lord here. My praise shall be of thee in the great congregation. I will pay my vows before them that fear him. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. You're learning some secrets of the Lord right here. The fear of the Lord is with them that fear Him, and He will show them His covenant. Woo! Praise God. You wonder why you come into this church and you learn more in this church and you do a lot of other churches? Because this old boy right here fears God. You better know it. I'm scared to death of Him. You better believe it. If there's anybody that can step on you and you cannot hide from God, if there's anybody can hit you, boy, where I mean only God knows can hurt you to the core, it's God. He created you. Amen. You can't run from God. Now, I love God, and I know He loves me. There's no doubt about it. But you better know I fear I fear God because God has everything in the palm of His hand, and I know He does. Everything subject to God. Now, He said, Behold, the eye of the Lord. Now, and also, side note, that is why. That is why God shows me His covenant. That's why He shows me His Word. What is His covenant? It's His Word. 
The Word declares all His covenant with His people. It tells you what He'll do. If you do this, I'll do that. I'll do this and I'll do that. But you've got to do this and this and this. The covenant is all the different things that both sides must honor. Amen. And if you keep your covenant with God, I guarantee you He's going to keep His covenant with you. He ain't going to default the covenant. But you better be very careful that you don't as well. Now, behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that what? Y'all with me on the, on the deal here? The third one down. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that what? And upon them that hope in His mercy. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that what? See that? So if you want the angel of the Lord encamping round about you, you got to keep that healthy fear intact. Now that's not a fear that says, oh dear God, oh I'm shaking, I'm scared to death. That's not that kind of fear. It's the kind of fear. Let me ask you a question. Do you get to do whatever you want to? I mean, can you just do anything you want and not worry about it? What happens sometimes if you do something wrong? You get in trouble. Yeah. And you know what? That kind of helps you not do wrong stuff, doesn't it? Because, you know, if you do wrong things, you get in trouble, right? So that kind of makes you not do those wrong things because you don't want to get in trouble, right? That's right. That's right. That's that healthy fear. That's the same kind of fear I'm talking about. We don't want to get in trouble with God because God can destroy your whole life. And God can make your whole life as well. And he can give you a great life as well. But he holds all that in his hands. So we don't want to do things that would cause God to destroy our lives. Amen. And he don't destroy our lives because he likes to do it. No more than mom and daddy give you whipping or ground you or whatever because they like to do it. They don't like to do that kind of stuff. And I never understood that when I was a kid. I just thought, man, I'd be glad when I get old enough to beat my children. You know. <laughs> I mean, I thought, man, you know, that always, you always hear this, oh, it hurts me more than it hurts you. And I'm thinking, huh, yeah, what? <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, right, man. It hurts you a whole lot more than, give me that belt. You know what? My daddy did that one time, and it's the worst punishment I ever got in my entire life. I'll never, ever, I'll never get over that. Something he couldn't stop me from doing, and, 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 and he finally just sent my mom and sister to the barn, and he said, here, boy. He gave me that belt, and he took off his shirt, and he laid down across the bed, and he made me beat him till I brought blood out of his back. And it hurt me so bad, I, I never, I, I will never, ever forget that in my life. It hurt me. I mean, it hurt me bad, because I didn't realize that the things I was doing was hurting my father. And he and hurting Jesus, I didn't realize that either. He said, "You're," he said, "Man, you're crucifying the Lord every time you do this." And I, I don't know what to do, son. I can't stop you. I don't know what to. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do, man. I've, I've whipped you to the plumb of shame. He said, "I don't know what to do, man." He said, "So I want to show you what you're doing to me." And he gave me that belt. I, I just thought he was joking at first. You know, I thought it was a big joke. You know, and I was a little fella, man. I wasn't that big. I was probably maybe eight, ten, something like that. And. uh Man, he laid down across that bed, and he said, you're going to whip me. I said, oh, no, I ain't. No. I started getting serious then. I started realizing, oh, no, no, I ain't going to, no, I ain't whipping you, man, no way. Then it started getting me way down in there because I loved my daddy. I loved him. He was so good. He was such a great man, great man, true blue cowboy man, never, never drank Never all that kind of stuff. He was just a good old Christian, good solid cowboy. I mean, hunting and fishing taught me how to be a man, and he was an honorable man, you know. And 
I didn't realize I was hurting him. I mean, I didn't realize that. I never stopped long enough to think about somebody other than me, you know. And I'll never forget it. It hurt me, man. It hurt me real bad. And I stopped. Never, ever did that again, ever. That's it. That stopped me right there. But I'm going to tell you, parents don't whip you because they love it. They don't, they don't ground you or anything because they just enjoy doing that. But if they didn't take control and keep control, where would we be? See? There has to be somebody to help you grow in, in the right direction and do the right thing so that you can grow up and be all that you can be. Amen. And so, here, the Bible says, The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Amen. And delivereth them. He encampeth round about them that fear him. Amen. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there's no want to them that what? That fear him. There's no want. How many of you like to be in that place? Amen. All you got to do is get that filth, that, uh, that, that uh, healthy fear intact. In and there ain't no want. You ain't going to have no want, man. God will have, how many of you, how, how many of you understand that and grasp that? You're not going to want. There's no want to them that fear him. Surely his salvation is nigh them that fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that what? That fear him. Man, I mean, have you ever seen this stuff? Have you ever stopped to really think what it's saying? Have you ever took a look at this and realized, man, that this is the most important stuff in all the world? Is that we fear God. But yet the devil wants you to hear all this stuff about love, man. He wants to all about the, uh, of the favor of God, the wealth of God, the treasures of God, the love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God. Nobody fears him. That's what this whole thing is all about. It's to get your fear removed so that when you do miss church, it ain't no big deal. Why? What's the deal, man? I went to church a couple times this month already. I mean, what's the big deal, man? His grace is sufficient. I was saved when I was 12. Huh. Yeah? What happened? What happened to you, heathen? I ain't doing you no good now. Yeah, but what about now? Let me tell you something, buddy. I got saved when I was five years old. I got baptized. In, uh, uh, baptized. I got. To, I got baptized with no. You know, I, I was a little child. I got the Holy Ghost, but I see, I wasn't even saved then. But I got the Holy Ghost, and I had the favor of God on my life. But I'm gonna tell you somebody. There's a whole lot of people got saved, baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, turned around, went back out there living like hell, doing all kinds of stuff. They're not saved. They're not saved. His grace is sufficient. Oh, yes, it is sufficient to cover sin. Amen. Yes, it is. But if you think it's going to be sufficient to cover your filthy wickedness and take you into heaven because of something you did years ago, buddy, that ain't going to cut it. You are sorely mistaken, and this uh, eternal uh, uh, what security is nonsense. The Bible says, He that endureth unto the end, 
the same shall be saved. Now, he will fulfill the seed. He that giveth meat unto them, uh, he, give, he hath given meat unto them that fear him. He will ever be mindful of his covenant. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that what? And his righteousness unto children's children. Go down to the 145.19. He will fulfill the desires of them that what? He also will hear their cry and will save them. The Lord taketh pleasure in them that what? Fear him. In those that hope in his mercy. And his mercy is upon them that fear him from generation to generation. And a voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye his saints, and ye that fear him, both small and great. Praise God. You need to understand, man, that it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. You better get a clear understanding, buddy. If there's one thing you better have, it's the fear of God. Because God is a killer. There ain't never, ever been a killer like God. There ain't never been a mass murderer like God. Never. You better know it. He's killed thousands at one time, just like that. Millions. When he brought that flood, he wiped everybody out but seven. The whole earth. Because of what? Sin. Wickedness. That's right. Do you think he delighted in doing that? Do you understand that there's no... There's no depth of love you can ever comprehend that will come close to God's love for His people. He loves on a scale you can't even attain to. Our ways are not His ways, and, and, and our thoughts are not His thoughts. But God loves you so much. He longs so much to have a relationship with His people that He gave His own life. He came and sacrificed His own life on that cross so that he could have a relationship with us. That's how much he loves you. Grab this next one here and we'll go through it quickly. But as for thee and thy servants, I know that ye will not fear the Lord God. Now here notice this is where uh uh, uh this is where that the Pharaoh had told uh, Moses, that he was going to go ahead and let him go and all this. But Moses, Moses was going to entreat the Lord that he would stay the plague. And, and he said, but as for thee and thy servants, he said, I know that you will not fear the Lord God. It wasn't time yet. God kept uh, hardening his heart that he would, that he would, uh, uh, really begin to fear God. Now, notice what it says here next. That thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes. Why do we need to fear him? To keep all his statutes and his commandments. You see that? See that Deuteronomy 6 and 2? That thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee and thy son and thy son's son all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. Notice what it says over here in the first commandment with promise, in the fifth commandment that says, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land that the Lord thy God has given thee. Okay, 
That is also, that's the first commandment with promise, but it's also a commandment that, that attains to, to fear in the Lord. Listen, he said, honor your father and mother. You know what that's saying? It's saying, fear your father and mother and obey them. That, that your days may be prolonged. Amen. Because your mom and dad's going to tell you how to stay living longer. They're going to tell you how not to do things that could end your life uh, uh, soon. They're going to tell you how to live longer and live better because they're teaching you from, from things they've learned in their life. They're teaching you from mistakes they've made not to make those mistakes. I know some of you younger folks would say, eh, well, Mom, and they say, don't do this, don't do that. But you did it. Uh, you did it. Well, you know what? That's the reason they're telling you not to do it because it didn't work too well for them, see? And so, and, and, you know, inevitably there's going to be some things in, in these young girls' lives here. There's going to be some things in your life that mama did and, and she's going to tell you not to do them and you're going to find out she did them and then you're going to say, well, mama did it. You did it. How come you won't have that? Did you don't want us to have any fun? And then you're going to find yourselves doing some of those things and it's not going to work well for you either. And then you're going to look back at mom and hear those inevitable words, I told you so. See? And you're going to like, oh God, I don't want to hear that. Oh God. <laughs> see? I know how all that works. See, I've been down them roads too. And they have too. That's the reason they tell you, don't do that. Because they don't want to see you go through some of the hard times they've been through and get hurt. Now, all right, Deuteronomy 6.13, Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve Him and shalt swear by His name. Now, it's not talking about, it's not talking about what you would think there is of swearing by His name. The Bible tells us to swear not. And uh, just let your yay be yay and nay be nay. But you, he's just telling you to hold fast that name. Now, 624. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes to fear the Lord our God for our good always, uh, for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as it is at this day. Amen. All this fear of God is, it's for our good. It's for our good always here, as he's declaring here. It's for our good always, that He might preserve us alive, as it is this day. And now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee? Listen to what he's saying. What doth the Lord thy God require of thee but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all His ways, and to love Him, and to serve Him? Notice here, it talks about the love of God. It talks about the love of God here. But if you'll notice... What comes before the love of God? See? And thou shalt... What is it, where's that at right there? It says, And now Israel, what doth, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee? So that's what I'm asking you today. What does the Lord God require of you? What does it require of you? But to fear... See? But to fear the Lord thy God, and to walk in all His ways, and to love Him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. Those are the things He requires of you. What was the very first one? The very first one listed in that Scripture. And what doth the Lord thy God require of thee? But to fear the Lord. That's the very first one He mentioned. Amen. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God. Him shalt thou serve, and to Him shalt thou cleave, and swear by His name. And thou shalt eat before the Lord thy God in the place uh, which He shall choose to place His name there the tithe of the corn of the wine of thine oil, and the firstlings of thy herd and of thy flocks, that thou mayest learn to fear the Lord thy God always. Next one. And it shall be with him, and he shall read, and it shall be with him, 
And he shall read therein all the days of his life that he may learn to fear the Lord his God. Or the, yeah, the Lord his God. To keep all the words of this law and these statutes to do them. Now, I want you to look at something here as well. Let's go to, uh, uh, let's go, and we're going to come back to this, but let's go to Acts. Let's go to the book of Acts. Right there past Acts 2.38, which is, by the way, what? What is that? Acts 2.38, what is that? No, 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 no. That's the plan of salvation. Okay, Acts 2.38, listen carefully. Everybody listen to me a minute while you're turning, but let me get your attention. When somebody wants to know what is Acts 2.38, it's the plan of salvation. And when somebody wants to know what do I need to do to be saved, that's where you're going to find it, Acts 2.38. Okay? That is the plan of salvation. Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, for the promises unto you, your children, and all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. You need to know that verbatim. You need to know that Scripture. It needs to be etched in your mind, and it needs to happen right away. You need to know that Scripture. I mean, at the drop of a hat, you need to know that Scripture. It is absolutely the foundation, praise God, of what we believe. Amen. Know that Scripture, Acts 2.38. And, and you'll know many of the people that follow it by Acts 2.38 as well. Now, Acts 2.42, that is what? Acts 2.42 is the doctrine that we follow. Okay? Now, <clears throat> notice in Acts 2.42, just after Acts 2.38 there, it's talking about, it's talking about what they were talking about in Acts 2.38. But listen to what it says, Acts 2.42. Come on, Sister uh, uh, Crystal, would you read that for me? Acts 2 and 42, please. Okay. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Okay? That's what apostolic means. Apostolic, see, we follow the apostolic way. Apostolic means like the apostles. Okay? That's what apostolic means. See, so when people say apostolic, that's what they're talking about, like the apostles, okay? Now, in Acts 2.42, it says, And they continued after they were saved by repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, because that's what it requires to be saved. Then they said, and then they continued steadfastly. In other words, they were unmovable. They continued with what the, doc, with what the apostles were teaching. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Go ahead, keep reading. Now listen carefully to what happened next. They continued steadfastly. That's all these thousands of people that were just baptized in the name of Jesus. They continued following that doctrine that they were taught by Peter and the apostles. And listen to what happened next. Go ahead. Yeah, I was fixing to say, man, what happened there? <laughs> Go ahead. Uh-oh, wait, wait, wait. Don't blow over now. Let me tell you something. One thing I've got to teach you. One thing I've got to teach you, and you really got to get a hold of this. Listen, don't, don't blow through the Word of God, because every word, every word, man, can be a door into a deeper place. Every word can be a door. And so you can't just blow across it like you used to. You can't just read it like you used to, but you got to listen. What is the Spirit saying? 
What was they saying? What are we talking about here? What's the Lord trying to say right here? Okay, so, and fear came upon all them. Go ahead. Go ahead. And fear fell upon every soul. See that? Fear came upon every one of them. It wasn't no more walking along and everything was hunky-dory. Everything was fine. Everything was well and good. But fear began to move them. And so they began to move with fear. And they and they did what? And they had everything common that was said? Many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. It's just like the same thing it talks about over in Mark 16, 15. Okay, now, go over to Acts 9 and 31. Acts chapter 9 and verse 31. Acts chapter 9, verse 31. Go ahead. Who's got it? This young girl right here. Come on. What's your name? Huh? Riley? Read that for me, Miss Riley. Judea? Uh Uh-huh. It's okay. And walking in the water of the Lord? No, no, no. What was it before that? In the fear of the Lord. See that? Walking in the fear of the Lord. Amen. There's a difference. There's a difference in a person who has no fear. As I said before, there's a lot of folks that have lost their fear of God. Because of that, they will not make it. There will not anybody make heaven that does not fear God. You will not make it. If you have no fear of God, you will not make heaven. You will not make heaven. No one will enter therein that does not fear Him. If you don't have a fear of God, you ain't going to make it. Amen. The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Listen, we're, we're getting close to the end here, and I, I don't want to I don't want to uh, keep you uh, too long. But let's let's look at a couple of other things before I close. Look at Matthew ten twenty eight. Uh, uh, let's see. And Sister Tara, get me Ecclesiastes eight twelve. Brother Mark, get me Ecclesiastes twelve thirteen. Who's got the Matthew ten? Listen carefully to this. Listen carefully to this. Fear not them that can kill the body. Go ahead. Start over. Right. Okay, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. See that? It's saying, you don't need to fear man. All man can do is kill you. He can just kill your body. But he ain't got no control over the soul. But it said, rather, you need to fear him that can kill the body and the soul in hell. Amen. That's the one you need to fear. The one that's got it all right here in his hand. Amen. There's no one that loves you like God does. Don't misunderstand me. He loves you so much, your mind can't wrap around it. But you've got to have a healthy fear of Him. That's what will keep you in line. It's knowing that, listen, and, and, and you know what? Why, why do children tear the schools up and do all the wicked things they do in school now? Why do they do that? Because they have no fear anymore. Why do criminals 
do all the things they do in this country? Why are they so quick to steal? Why are they so quick to kill somebody or shoot or break the law? Why are they so quick to do that? The reason they're so quick to do that now is because we have lawyers that's going to get them off. They ain't going to never serve no time. They're going to do nothing. Ain't nothing. They I mean, you know, I mean, chances of you getting severely punished are, are slim to none. See? And, and, but yet, you don't have nearly, you don't have theft in the Middle East. You know why nobody steals over there? Because right then, buddy, they, when they catch you, they will cut your hand off right then in public and make people watch it. They want people, especially Americans and foreigners, they will make you watch it. If you're anywhere around, at gunpoint, they will make you watch it happen. So that you know, from example, to fear. They want you to fear them and know, this will happen to you. We don't play that over here. This ain't America. We don't play that in this land. We will kill you in this country. We don't do that over here. But yet, in a land where there's no law... Like it is in this country, it's, it's a, it's a lawless nation, even though we've got laws on laws on laws on laws. There's loopholes on loopholes on loopholes on loopholes, and it's ridiculous. And that's, that's what happens in a place where people lost their fear. See? What happens out here on the road? You start losing your fear of the cops because you don't see them. You've been down the road 497 times, you don't see no cop. So you start driving a little faster and a little faster and a little faster and a little faster. You don't pay no attention to speed limit signs until all of a sudden you come around the corner and you see a car sitting there with flashing lights on top of it. And, you, man, what happens? What's the first thing that happens? Fear hits your heart. Boom. You, no, before your feet hit that brake pedal, fear hits your heart. Oh, no. Immediately. Fear's what you feel. That feeling you feel is, oh, you know, you just, uh, everything in your body just stops. It's, oh, no, no. You're already, you're already trying to explain how you got the ticket. You're already thinking about it.